0: Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Amiel. We love video games and movies, and we love talking about them. So, we are hosting a new podcast where every week we choose one video game and one movie to talk about. We will go through each click and flick from beginning to end and talk about what we like and don't like. And then we will give you a rating. Based completely on our own opinions and nothing else. Ka-chow.
1: <laughs> hey. Hello. Welcome Here back. Here we are again,
0: clicking and flicking. Flicking and clicking. <laughs> I'm so ready for today's episode. All the by clicks,
1: way. all the flicks. Yeah, today's episode. I'm kind of excited for because it's kind of fun. This the. It is. Oh. I'm excited. Um, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's Alrighty. just get into it then. With okay.
0: Our-, our click of the week. And today's click is going to be um, on Mass Effect 1, the very first game of the trilogy. And this game... Exciting. I know. I know. I was kind of sad that we didn't, you know, decide to do the all three, but it would have been too much. Um, That's that's a lot. It is. Even one is a massive game. So I believe I want to say it came out in 2000, um, 2007. I was going to say eight, but I'm glad I checked. Okay. It came out in 2007 on uh, Xbox 360, which is where I was introduced to it. It is an RPG space game, which if RPGs are your thing, this is the game to play. Absolutely. Um, The game does take place uh, in the Milky Way in 2183, I believe. I don't know why I said it that way, but that's, you know... Okay, so in in this realm of the game, like I said, it's a space game, so it does um, take place in the Milky Way. You're introduced to Shepard, who is can be a female character, can be a um, non-binary character, I believe. I don't think they ever state any genders, but you can customize your character beyond belief. They just call him Shepard. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um you can play as either as any gender correct correct you want yes and the just if you have it for 2007 absolutely absolutely and it was it was great because being an rpg like that it's great um and the customizability like in the game is fantastic Okay, so uh, the game starts out with Shepard, um, answering a distress call, basically. Um, there's a ship called the Normandy that Captain Anderson is the captain of, um, who is basically, I want to say, I guess, in charge of Shepard, because he's a lieutenant under him, um, and they get this call, so they're intrigued to go back to um eden prime which eden prime is um were they the ones who made the reapers no no okay okay sorry um, confused. no no you're okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so eden prime is the uh one of the first human colonies to um to just inhabit an earth-like system i guess because it is so far in the future. Um, but they got the distress call that Eden Prime was attacked. That's what it was. And um, they they got attacked. They couldn't explain what it was. It was just massive. Um, this was a human colony in space? <laughs> yes. So yeah. humans, um, they don't like them very much in space. Is that right? They're not the most... Um, I, I don't want to say that they're the most like neutral but they kind of are because of all the different mass races like the citadel houses that council and there's like two or three humans on that council already Mm. so they're not they're kind of like in between they're neutral but Mm. the reapers when they come into play they just want to eradicate all organic life so this was just the main front of their attack to begin with
1: oh i see i see yeah
0: so when um, Captain Anderson gets the call that Eden Prime was attacked, you start to get introduced to your um, sub characters, Kaden and Ashley. Kaden is a male. He's loyal. He's um, a biotic. Um, he's a biotic specialist. So in the beginning, you kind of get to choose what. You get to specialize in. So, if you want to specialize in weaponry, you know more like spell-casty kind of classes. But Caden's kind of that spell-casty class, the healer. And then Ashley's more the brunt. She's a soldier. She's tough. But you get introduced to them, and they're crucial towards the end. Um, and all that um, Shepherd can see, he gets this kind of like vision of um a ship burning everything. And again, this thing's just massive. They they can't even describe it, right? Um so they find the beacon after heading towards um Eden Prime, they find a beacon that is extremely old and from the Prothean race, which the Prothean race mm-hmm. is extinct.
1: And they are the ones who basically created the reapers
0: yes yes or how they
1: how i came about yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: mm-hmm. and um so they find this old beacon that um just so happens to be tapped by something they don't know what it is um and when they find it ashley gets hit by the beacon but Shepard's like no i gotta save you and again a bunch of rpg stuff happens but he he protects her from the from the hit then he takes the hit causing him to fall unconscious and they basically gather everybody up put them on normandy and shove them to the citadel to try to convince the council like hey these guys are whatever they're doing it's not good we we need to get to the bottom of it um and they do sus- suspect there's a lot of races in this game um but the turian race and the turian race are this alien-like race with uh, bright neon led-like eyes um and they think they're the ones who s- attacked yep they think they're the um the turian it's- race is responsible for the attack on eden prime
1: and it's the citadel
0: who thinks that, right? No. They, no? No. The the Normandy um, group, so Captain Anderson, Shepard, Ashley, Caden, they all kind of come to that conclusion, and they go to the Citadel to say, hey, we oh, think it's... they mm-hmm. think it's them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So they're oh, trying okay. to convince this council that kind of has rule over the entire solar system that, hey, this race is causing an issue. Um. And Council could not be convinced because the, uh, Saren, who is a Turian, is on that Council, and he's, Mm. you know, nobody suspects him, but they're trying to say, like, we kind of think Saren's a problem, and Council doesn't want to believe him, so, um... Right after the meeting with the council happens, my favorite character is introduced, and his name is Garrus. He's a a Turian as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's this badass character that just, he's kind of like the moody, like, "Mm, my race is a problem, but I know all the ins and outs, you know. (laughs) And uh, you also get introduced to Rex, who's a Krogan, big, burly race that kind of look like hippopotamuses on steroids they look Hmm. big and huge they've got really deep voices too but he's a bounty hunter and then you get introduced to tally who's a uh oh gosh i'm gonna butcher this uh quarian i think that's how you say it it's been forever since i've heard her her race name but tally is a fugitive and she just has this purple mask in front of her face um, very mysterious woman because she's a fugitive, and uh, once you kind of gather a uh, a team of sorts of all kinds of different you know classes and races, they all form together to try and find out if Saren's actually the one causing the problem.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: Tally, because she's a fugitive, she reveals that Saren was trying to bring back sentient machines cleansing organic life Ooh. plot twist Tali fucking knows everything yeah so she what? she's like besides Garrus she's also like one of my favorite characters in the game but they they basically say okay the Reapers were a problem the council um was then notified hey Tally knows this information now we have a little bit of proof and the council strips Saren of his position. They strip him of all of his you know his title, yes, thank you his title, his ranking Um, which sets him off, obviously and Captain Anderson at that point is like, you know, I'm too old for this maybe I should sit this one out and gives him Normandy the ship that he can use to travel the solar system with and go find Saren. And there's a lot of characters in this game. I'm sorry, bear with me. But uh, Liara, the alien race um, Prothean expert, if you will, Mm -hmm. she's, um, she's a very important character because she's the daughter of Benezia. And Benezia is Saren's top lieutenant Mm. yeah there's a lot of characters i'm sorry um it's intricate it is very intricate hence the rpg status of it but (laughs) (laughs) basically when you get introduced to liara you kind of swoon over her a little bit there's alien sex that happens it's amazing (laughs) 10 out of 10 recommend swooning liara for sure
1: I will say that this game has always been known in my head mm-hmm. for the amazing love scenes. Right. <laughs> right.
0: Oh my gosh. So many. So many, choo-
1: So many to choose from all types. Absolutely. And you no know discrimination.
0: <laughs> no discrimination. I don't know, though. I'm not sure how the... Because I, I, I haven't tried. I've always played a female in the game. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure if you could uh, swoon Garrus if you were technically a male in the game. But I don't know.
1: I have seen videos. You have?
0: Yes. Yes, oh. ma'am. God, They're revolutionary.
1: Beautiful. Lovely. I love those
0: scenes. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Garrus, yes. 100%. I... I
1: So.
0: Ready? <laughs> So, after the lovely intercourse that you can have with Liara, Ashley, Caden, <laughs> Garrus, I don't know the if you can swoon Rex.
1: <laughs> the beautiful characters of...
0: <laughs> yes. You, um, you start to get back to the realization of the mission, finding Saren. Um, Saren did rally up Benezia. He basically said, hey we've got to do the thing you're coming with me and she's obedient by all means um and they go to a planet that is completely inhabited by rachni so insect race if you will mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and um sarin got the info and of of the rachni and ended up a- being able to control Benezia. She he could control her actions, her um, her mind basically. And the uh the worst part of the game is that Liara had to watch um her mother die in her arms because she wouldn't back down to the group, to the team. You know, Shepard tried to reason with her, but he he couldn't because she was taking control of which is heartbreaking that's so devastating i know and for liara to be the the character that she is and lose her mother that way it's just it's so dynamic and it gives so much meat to the story it's crazy um but in that midst of the terrible situation shepherd does convince the Rachni. Um, to leave. They leave with their queen. And they GTFO. Uh, luckily. I don't know. Why these. Why this race was so easily swayed. But here we are. Um, then. This Sarin... is the. <clears throat> mm-hmm. This is the race.
1: Of like insect.
0: Yeah. Things that are yeah.
1: controlled. Right.
0: Yep. Because mm-hmm. he gets the info of the arachni. And that's how he got control over Benezia.
1: And so he...
0: Um, the,
1: like, queen of the Arachni, or, like, the mm-hmm. mother or whatever... Yeah. You can either choose to save her...
0: I don't recall that decision, but I'm sure... I'm sure it's in there. I didn't know... If you choose to save her... hmm She comes back in the third game... That's right, because she fights you on it. She's like, well, mm-hmm. I don't have to leave. That's right.
1: Mm-hmm. And if That's you right. don't save her, then she doesn't come back in the game. But if you do save her, she comes back in the game, and you end up... You have to end up fighting another mm-hmm. battle with her kids again.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yeah. But then at the end she'll come back and help you so you get a little bit of extra help at the end of the third game yeah if you go through this other battle and if you decide to save her in the first game yeah so that was kind of crazy to me hearing that thinking about oh in 2007 they planned this and then right you can move your saved files from that game to i'm like so what what if you only buy Mass Effect Three? Yeah, then you then you yeah. just get default settings of like whatever.
0: <laughs> exactly, and because it had been so long since the since the first game to the release of the third, mm-hmm. um, they did make it so that in the beginning of the game you have the option to check. Okay. I don't want to give anything away, but this person dies, and then I save this person. You get the options to click. Oh, okay, okay. Luckily, luckily. But, yeah, who would have thought that a game in 2007 and then the release of 3 almost, almost 10 years later, like, would have have an effect? It didn't even come up in the (sighs) sequel. I know, I know. It's (laughs) wild. I love this game series. It's amazing. Um... But yes, Any thank thing, you for pointing sorry. that out. No, thank you. <laughs> because I I kind of skipped over those decisions until the end. Because the, the biggest one at the end is mm. like the crazy part. But um, so like I said, Saren realized his time was up with the Rachni. So he goes to the Krogan race, which is Rex's race. Now, the Krogans have had a disease infecting their entire race which is called genophage and it prevents them from being able to breed and what's cool in this scene is that you really get because there's so many races in the game for krogan's to be as like meaty and buff as they are you get to meet a mother and um throughout that storyline and you just you feel so hard for them And the fact that the cure is such a big deal to them Mm -hmm. and Saren has that cure, you're like, I got, I got to help him. I got to do it. Right. But, um, Saren was actually mass producing fake Krogan, um, you know, kind of treating them as I'll give you the cure. If I get to like recreate all of you fake ones Mm -hmm. and Rex gets extremely violent about killing Saren because he has the cure, or at least, you know, killing all of the uh, recreated Krogans, because he's like, I can get the cure, I can fix this, and almost goes rogue, or does go rogue, but he then realizes, like, they're fake, they're not really part of my species, Mm -hmm. and then allows, you know, allows what needs to be done as far as killing the procreated ones. Um wow. Yeah. And so then you do find out um at the Krogan base that the Reapers want everyone dead, basically. All organic matter gone. And um Saren was close to being able to um, to eradicate with the Reaper's help. And so at this point in time, you're still on the Krogan planet and you have the choice to go kill uh, kill Saren or at least attempt. And the best way to do it is splitting up the party. So you send Ashley and Caden in two separate directions and you choose. So one a distraction oh, okay. and then one you go with and, and fight, which is another crazy plot twist, depending on who you choose. Um and uh, skip forward all the fighting. You find out towards the end that Sovereign, um, who is a character who I believe is a uh, a Turian as well, if I'm not mistaken, was the Reaper with the Master Plan. He was basically, or no, Sovereign was a Reaper. Forgive me, not a Turian um, with the Master Plan. So him. Sovereign and uh, Saren were working together to try to eliminate everybody. And at that point in time, when they realized that Sovereign's working with Saren, Shepard can only save one of the teammates, whether that be mm-hmm. Ashley or Kaden. And honestly, <laughs> I kept Kaden in my first play uh, playthrough. But it affects the rest of the game. They talk about the person that dies frequently Mm -hmm. um, because it's part of your team. They were part of the Normandy team. Um, But despite that one casualty, they were able to save a lot more in the long run. But they they go to um, another planet after that heavy decision where uh, Saren was. I'm not... (laughs) can't remember how they get that information but they knew he was there um and there was a serious battle on this planet i think it's called ilos between the protheans and the reapers so they basically kind of get the history of the protheans and kind of how they died and um and the reapers destruction upon them and um so (laughs) Fast-forwarding between all of that information, Saren attacks the Citadel in that also meantime. So they went to that planet seeking Saren, didn't find him. He was actually at the Citadel attacking them. Mm. And the Citadel is this, if you can imagine it, it looks like a squid. It's just got arms coming out from the main base of it and all the way around with a bright light in the middle. It's a really beautiful little, like like home ship it's huge it's massive they
1: are the government yeah
0: of the galaxy absolutely Uh, they're in charge (laughs) yeah and for the most part they they're they're on the good side obviously they're not swayed one way or the other they're they're very neutral but also lawfully good yeah and um while they're heading to the Citadel, because of the uh, the attack signal that they got, Shepard, um, when they get there, he kills Saren. And basically, there was mass destruction on the Citadel. There was a lot done, because uh-huh. Saren had his army of, um, of Reapers that were coming just to destroy the Citadel. And... uh once all of that settled its way down the council ultimately decides at that point that shepherd is worthy enough to be a human on the council which is a big deal and then um anderson and another character that was up for run for the council uh named udina were kind of neck and neck so they were saying who should be on the council next anderson or udina and that's a choice. You get to make that choice. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. And Eudena is one that talks about Saren not being a problem in the first place. And Anderson is the one that gave you the ship. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, I was completely swayed to take Anderson's side anyway. Um, but, th- I, again...
1: I would be swayed to take Anderson's side because he's voiced by Keith David, who...
0: Who's that? <laughs> I feel so so bad for not knowing who that is. He's but.
1: Um, in a lot of things from, like, I want to say, like, 80s,
0: 90s. Oh, okay. Really? Um,
1: like, he was in The Thing. Not <clears throat> Yeah. But he was also the voice of Dr. Facilier in The Princess and the Frog. <laughs> I didn't know
0: that. And then my favorite <gasps> thing
1: is that he was... One he narrated the pillows and blankets episode of Community.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Um,
1: where Troy and Abed are making like a pillow for and a blanket for and they end up like fighting and <laughs> 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 And then and then he's also in season six of Community as um like a member of the cast. He's in like um almost all the episodes. Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah, yeah immediately swayed. Roy.
1: Yeah, he plays um Elroy who is a like an inventor who ends up um becoming part of the school and like, helping them with like technical stuff. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna look him up. So every this. time that's I funny. hear his voice because I'm such a community <laughs> Yeah. Every time I hear his voice in like any Mass Effect, I'm all <laughs> oh,
0: That's him. I know oh, there's community. a lot of famous actors in um our voice actors in that game—it's yeah. insane. Seth,
1: um, Seth Green. Yes, Seth Green, who I've loved since I was a kid. Yeah,
0: same. I I can appreciate Seth Green a lot. I remember hearing his voice and being like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, but oh, I was I God. was young. Chris Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I think he's the, like, he's like a side mechanic pilot in uh, mm-hmm. in the game. That's funny. <laughs> um, but uh, but anyway, you make that decision between Anderson and Odina, which affects the rest of the game, obviously. And all kind of goes back to shit. They take their, um, their ship and they know the Reapers are out there, so it's obviously an open-ended decision game. Um, so shepherd's next mission even though he wasn't really assigned to it was to go find the reapers and find the the base of it Mm. Mm -hmm. and that's it see
1: and that's so crazy to me because this one monster makes this like mass. well not monster technically like robot right 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 yikes
0: (laughs) yep and it's it's such an (laughs) aesthetically beautiful game the customization, the mm-hmm. the RPG aspect—it's so good. It's long, but it's good. Ugh. But that that was pretty much it. I okay. This is the first click that I'm gonna give a ten out of ten oh. because yeah, yeah. That's that's the standard I have for games is Mass Effect for sure.
1: <laughs> okay, because girl.
0: It's just, it's good, man. What would you give it?
1: I honestly never played it because I never had Xbox. Right. right. So all I got to do was listen to people talk about it. Yeah. Which I've heard for years. Watching my friends play it. Mm -hmm. My roommate played it for such a long time. So that's why I've watched a lot of the scenes.
0: Mm -hmm. I think
1: that, I think that it's. I think I don't I don't get to give it a, a rating, honestly.
0: <laughs> because you haven't experienced it, is that why? Right, because I haven't played it, but I will
1: say that it's definitely made a cultural impact.
0: Yeah. yeah. In
1: such a way that even I can like
0: appreciate even I know a lot about it, even if yeah. I've never played it, you know. Yeah. It's a revolutionary game. By all so, means.
1: I would say 10 out of 10. Okay.
0: okay. (laughs) I accept. (laughs) Cool.
1: All right. Let's do the flick. Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm nervous. I'm excited. I don't really want to go. Okay. So for the flick, I don't necessarily want to go like scene by scene like we've done before. Okay. Because that takes such a long time, especially for a movie where we're trying to get a lot, and then we're talking about the scenes and how we felt about them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just
1: kind of want to give a synopsis of it, and then okay. I want to talk about how it made me feel. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. And I have some feels, too.
1: I also want to say... That we never really explicitly have given, like, spoiler warnings, but it should, like, go without saying that we're going to be talking about...
0: Oh, the, yeah.
1: ...the details and stuff, so...
0: Oh, yeah. Spoiler.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today's flick was Space Sweepers. It came out in 2021, this year. Oh, wow, yeah. And, okay, so here's what, here's what was impressive to me. Is that movies typically are made on a budget anywhere like ch- like low budget films are made on a budget between like a hundred million, and fifty million. Oh, my, that's a low budget. It's like a low budget film, right? <coughs> like like Avengers movies are in the like three hundred million dollars, and like Avatar costs four hundred like twenty five million dollars to make or something. I am that might not be shook. Yeah, that might not be the exact number for Avatar, but it's in that ballpark for sure. Um, so here's what's so impressive about Space Sweepers. The first thing that I was like, no way, is that they made it with like $24 million.
0: Wait, let me double check that. I do. I'm I'm glad you touched on this because I felt the same way and it. it held. It held its own, that is for sure. Okay, so oh, I'm
1: sorry. In US dollars it it would um it would convert to 21.2 million. Wow. So compared to so this is like ridiculously low budget film. Wow. And it was just the whole time before I even knew the budget uh-huh. as I was watching it, I was like, "Wow, this is really yeah like visually yeah stunning this is great this is there gorgeous. was
0: detail in spots you wouldn't even assume the um, special effects yeah were,
1: and the action scenes were all exciting oh my gosh it was absolutely
0: so good. the only gripe i had was like there was a shot of clothing that looked um that looked like they went to a wardrobe real quick and just put something on, and it was kind of slapped together. But that was... That, and there was a bloody scene that there was no blood in. That so. That's true. Yeah. I do remember but that. But that was it. Um, that was it.
1: Were, and I feel like that... I'm kind of glad they didn't have blood in that Yeah. Because, yeah. spoiler, it was when they were shooting, like, all the people, and... Yeah.
0: A lot of innocent people.
1: a lot of and with as many... Like, the machine guns... So these robots are just killing this team of, um, like, environmentalists, basically, who are right. trying to save, like, the real Earth. Right. And, um, yeah, so there's, like... They come in and they shoot it all up. They just don't show a lot of blood on the bodies when they're, like, dragging them away, which is, like... Right. Considering how dr- traumatic that scene is and, like, they're watching their friends die and, yeah. like... It's... Um, I'm kind of, like... I was like, okay, that's okay. They don't need to have, like, all that blood. And they did have
0: the scene after they were dead. They were taking the bodies from the spot, basically. And so, yeah, I I get that. Not having the blood was kind of a nice thing. But it was something I noticed. Like, oh, they got lit up, but there's nothing there. Like at all? Yeah, but yeah. I'm over. Where's the best? Yeah. What, what? But it was okay. It was okay. Yeah.
1: Um. Because it is a sci-fi movie, and it mm-hmm. is can't. It is campy. It is cheesy, and I feel like that's what sci-fi is supposed to be. Like that's exactly what the genre is. You know what I mean?
0: Definitely. Definitely. Um.
1: So this movie is set in two thousand ninety-two, and. Basically, the earth is, like, not... Not doing well. Ha- it's not doing good. It is not... <laughs> it's doing it, The forest is gone. Yeah. The oceans are gone. The desert is booming. It is everywhere. The desert yeah. is living its hot girl summer.
0: <laughs> and... <laughs> yes, it is.
1: But no, unfortunately for humans, it is not a great place. So humans are slowly dying are on Earth. Luckily, Elon Musk has created a space colony <laughs> in the movie. His name, I'm sorry, uh, James Sullivan. James Sullivan is the name of the scientist who is, oh, he's supposedly 152 years old.
0: Uh, And he honestly
1: kind of looks like Bo Burnham in Inside. (laughs) I'm like, oh, they're like this. uh, They're like the same age, okay? (laughs) Right. But he looks young. Like he looks like in his 30s, right? Yeah. Um, this guy James Sullivan, who essentially is like supposed to be like the Elon Musk like type guy. Um, he's building a colony on mars and he has the these orbits in space um that are basically little colonies for humans to live on until mars is ready but you have like it's like for the select few and it's obviously very like classist and like racist and it's all because he's talking about Oh, you can tell with their DNA what kind of humans have the best character. And mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, and it's like, obviously all the rich people are on the, these um, these spaceships orbiting, and the poor people are left to live on Earth
0: mm-hmm.
1: or to go out and become space sweepers.
0: Mm. And so,
1: space sweepers, basically, because... It's like the the, military. Right. And they're just cleaning... It's kind of like the Coast Guard. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm just Mm -hmm. kidding. (laughs) They don't really fight, actually. They're just... They're just cleaners. They're like the janitors of space. Mm -hmm. And it is risking your life, basically. So, you have to... You have to, like... Um, go on these missions um, collecting space junk that's basically flying millions of miles an hour through space. Um, And if, like, you have to be skilled space sweeper in order to collect them or else these space junk pieces could potentially crash into you and kill you. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so threatening. And these space sweepers that we follow in the movie, our main characters. And I hope, <laughs> <laughs> so Captain Jang is the girl on the crew. Mm-hmm. She is super fierce. She's super badass. Super badass, does not take anyone's shit. She's definitely yep. like the Ashley Spinelli, the buttercup, the every like tough girl kind of trope that Mm you can think of. I just gave two (laughs) cartoon (laughs) characters instead of any sci-fi examples, but there you go.
0: (laughs) The Ashley of them. Yeah.
1: And, um, uh, Tiger Park, who is, he's like, same kind of, uh, he's the, he's like, doesn't give a shit kind of character. Mm -hmm. Like, eh, whatever. Kind of like, um, He's still cool, but not, like, as angsty, angry as Captain Zhang. Yeah. Um, and then the main character is Tao. hmm And he is... He was a in the military, like, in the actual space military. And then he was part of this, like, rebel team that was trying to take down... James Sullivan
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: and he ends up being stripped of his like um, titles and everything's his citizenship and um, he loses his job but okay so one of his jobs was and this is a main part one of his jobs was like keeping um, killing immigrants that were trying to like basically get in and he While he was, like, one of his missions or whatever... Yeah. He see... He finds a, like, young baby girl whose mother is dead, and the baby's, like, in her arms, and so he has this, like, heart-changing moment seeing this young child and takes it home and adopts it and, like, feels responsible for ruining its life, obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah. (sighs) Yeah. <clears throat> Which he
1: is Ugh. Kind of because That was a hard part for me It turns out that she Is deaf from the Explosions that happened when she was a baby That killed her yeah. mom That he set off basically So So his daughter So his backstory goes that He loses his job Is raising his daughter Becomes a gambler and as he's like, one day, um, he's making bad decisions. He has his daughter with him, and she's like, "Oh, Daddy, I want to um, look at this thing I wrote for you." Yeah. <laughs> and this is where I'm like, okay, yes, it's very campy, people. Uh, yeah. But it's sci-fi, so we're it's giving sci-fi. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, "Go play outside." And so she leaves the little room and it turns out that then there's like an attack and all the rooms get sealed off and shipped away because they're in space. So they're all sealed off and like fly off. And she's stuck out in like the main area that ends up sending her off into orbit.
0: Oh, God, I know.
1: (laughs) So don't
0: ask me how she
1: survives three years (laughs) orbiting With who knows what? (laughs) Oh god! But that's the plot, okay, guys. Yeah, yeah. I didn't write it, and (laughs) we're not saying anything bad about it.
0: No, we are not. It's it's we loved it. Yeah. Um.
1: So. So that's his plot line. So his whole thing is so basically, in order to save her from orbit, this. This company can go out and, like, pull her in, but it'll cost him, like, a billion dollars.
0: Currency is a big deal for them, doing odd jobs, trading, doing yes. all kinds of stuff just to get a buck, you know, to right. to help with this, yeah.
1: It's very much a barter, yep. a trade and barter type Underground
0: of, type of thing. Like,
1: society at this point, because everyone is so poor and so in debt, and- It's basically space junk. Space trash is like a form of currency now. Yeah. Um, So there. So these are the three. So his goal is to try to raise enough money to get his daughter back. Mm -hmm. And then these three are going through space, sweeping it up. And they (laughs) come across a bomb, quote-unquote bomb, mm-hmm. that spoiler <laughs> <laughs> um, is, looks like a little girl, right? Yeah. So, this, like, robot is so advanced that it looks like a real human. And it's this little girl in the UTS, which is the company it's the company that James Sullivan yeah, owns. Found, yeah, founded. Founded, whatever um they're basically saying oh this bomb is set to go off we're looking for it blah blah, blah. we're going to f- um so they're looking for it and the space sweepers find it <clears throat> and so i just kind of want to i feel like um so it turns out that she's not a bomb
0: <laughs> <laughs> and but she's lying about it <laughs> special yeah yeah so
1: what what it turns out is that this little girl that they have with them they obviously all grow a very tight bond with her she's like starts calling them uncles and they're like oh my gosh like what what the heck like now we want to protect her like we don't right. want to sell her right we we want to protect her cuz they're obviously going to do something terrible with her um so they decide to start protecting her, and then on the way they find out, like, the truth, which is that she is the daughter of one of the main scientists for UTS, mm-hmm. and she was born with this, like, horrible disease that she was going to definitely die, and he found the only cure
0: <laughs> was yeah. to inject
1: her with nanobots. Yeah. 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 Which is, like, it's n- they're not in the vaccine, I swear.
0: <laughs> this is a sci-fi movie. <laughs> it did come out in 21, though. <laughs> I mean, who knows? They made sure to make it very aesthetically pleasing that there were nanobots in the syringe, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> so he injects her with basically billions of nanobots that... Mm-hmm are so powerful they are able to control her body and keep her living even though this disease is basically making it so her organs can't function on their own so it's basically internal life support yep um however it gets to the nanobots get to her brain and she becomes so powerful using the nanobots that she's able to make life grow out of Basically nothing. So the yeah. way the nanobots were able to keep her life going, she can now use that and control. Project like, it. Right. And so they have um, like plants that were dead and then they started blossoming with flowers and fruit when she was there like controlling them and making them grow.
0: Right. And so they
1: realize, oh, she's the only hope for Earth to get better. But James Sullivan is like, Mm, no, all of my efforts to make a colony on Mars are failing because they're just, it's dumb. Mm, Go figure. Sorry, Grimes, but it's a dumb idea to have a colony on Mars. Absolutely. So James Sullivan is like, well, we're going to use her to make life grow on Mars. Control her to make life grow on Mars. And we're gonna say that it's this tree of life, basically. Yep. Give um, the people hope. Right, right. And make them think like blah, blah, mm. blah. So mm. it's this like slimy conspiracy to basically become like the most beloved ruler and person on the planet. This guy just wants everybody to think he's the greatest. Um yep. but he's actually doing Ugh. a lot of really evil
0: things evil man.
1: (laughs) I don't want to compare him to anyone in real life, but does that sound familiar?
0: (laughs) I mean, they had to get inspiration somewhere.
1: I I guarantee you, in this universe, James Sullivan did absolutely host SNL. Like, (laughs) at some point. (laughs) So, anyways, (laughs) so they end up finding her dad on this team of environmentalists, and this is the part that's so sad that we were talking about earlier, where now the robots find them and they come in and they kill the whole team, they kill her dad, and they take her, and they take her back, and now there really is a
0: bomb. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but they steal it. They steal it from the mm-hmm. core of of the baddies, basically.
1: Yeah, I want to kind of skip closer to the end so that we can wrap it up and then just talk about the movie yeah. as a whole. So Sullivan has this plan to explode the space station. Yeah. <laughs> Some people would say, blow up. <laughs> 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 um, and basically it would go hurling into the earth and kill three billion people. Yep. Um. Master plan. And Teo is basically like, I'm going to take this money from Sullivan. Sullivan gave him a bunch of money so he could take the girl. He yeah. calls her Dorothy, but her real name was Cote Min.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, that's, like, the English translation, if you will. Like, that's, that's how it would be pronounced for English, but, yeah. Like, Co- I can't even remember how they say it, but, yeah, Coteman was her actual name. Nim. Coat Nim. Yeah,
1: so I was flipping the M in the end. But, basically, he takes the money to go get his daughter, and then... They're like, oh, yeah, we can get your daughter right away. And he's like, he's like waiting there. And then he's like, no, I have to go save the world. So he (laughs) leaves and does is not able to save his daughter because he has to go and save the earth, which is like so heartbreaking. But this is why I want to get through it, because this is what I want to talk about later. Yeah. Um, He goes back. He saves. um, He joins up with his team again. They have these awesome fight scenes, awesome, um, I mean, yes, cheesy, but this is what we want, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, Sci-fi. They're Sci-fi. Great. They're great. These battles are just, like, epic, right? Yes. And <laughs> they they realize they can't, um, what's the word I'm trying to, th- uh, defuse the bomb mm-hmm. because as soon as the detonator is inside the bomb so if they hack into it it'll explode yeah um so she's like the only thing we can do and this bomb is going to basically set off any nanobot that's within any distance of it yeah
0: 500, five
1: hundred five thousand kilometers or something mm-hmm. and so obviously she would name nim would be affected would basically die mm-hmm. if the nanobots inside her like failing didn't kill her then she still has that disease that was killing her yeah. um so they were like we would not we would not be able to save her no matter what and so they realized the only way to save her is to fly her far away enough from the explosion um that she's out of its radius mm-hmm. so they're basically racing against time to get her out of the radius of the bomb. And she makes it. And with the help of all the other space sweepers in space fighting. Yes. Um. Because basically Captain Zhang gets on an intercom and is like, hey, to all of the space sweepers, like, this is what's really happening. This is their plan. They're going to kill Earth, which is where our home, where our families are, like... Everyone's going to die, basically, unless we fight. And she goes, if you're afraid of death, leave. (laughs) But if you're not, then come fight with us. (laughs) Yes. And it's just one of those, like, absolutely cheesy lines that's just like,
0: yeah. You're like, hell yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm part of the space sweepers, yes. And um, (sighs) so they have this big epic battle in space with all those space sweepers. And it's just everything you want to see is, like the working class rallying up to fight back against <laughs> the man, right? Against, against the power structure. Against the 1%. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and, um, oops, sorry. That's okay. Kid- knocked over my drink. Um, so they get Kotinim out in time, and she then is able to help pull the team out of the way of the explosion. Yeah. Because she was far away enough and she is still powerful enough to control it because she basically is like a God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Nanobot God. Right. For sure. Um, Yeah.
1: Unfortunately now it's too late for our protagonist to save his daughter.
0: (laughs) I know the time is up.
1: So sad. Um, and she is l- about to leave the orbit, but she is not too far for basically Kotenim is able to get her consciousness um, mm-hmm. like clo- to become a force field. R- like somehow in another realm, they she's able to, like, connect their um, consciousness to have a one more conversation
0: that's right, um, that's right, that's right. And that's so right. he
1: goes and he sees his daughter and he says goodbye to her before she yeah. basically continues drifting that's off into space and slowly, like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what the situation <laughs> with her is because that's it. Basically, she's just gone it, after Yeah. that. Um, yeah. And so then we... See our three space sweepers! Oh my gosh! I can't believe I totally forgot to mention. You forgot, I forgot Bubs? Bubs
0: this whole time. <laughs> it's okay. I was gonna mention okay. him later, cause I he's my favorite character. Yeah.
1: Well, Bubs actually, she. Sorry. Forgive I'm sorry, me. Sorry, uh, is voiced by a very deep masculine voice, but.
0: <laughs> Forgive me. Oh my yeah, goodness.
1: But they. She wants, she's saving up for skin grafts, and she wants to be, like, this, like, feminine, like, woman. So, it's a robot who's voiced, who is built and has, like, a really deep voice. But she's really, like, feminine, and mm-hmm. when she saves up enough money, it's going to be able to. <laughs> oh. At the end, she's just looks like a normal human woman who... Mm-hmm because she's finally able to afford and not be a robot anymore. So that's really sweet. And mm-hmm. um but the whole but as a whole, I want to say this movie was just so fun to watch because it had every element that a sci-fi fan would want to see in a movie. Absolutely. In my opinion, it's not it's never taking itself too seriously. It has this outrageously evil bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> it has, like, these over-the-top, like, campy, tough guy character good guys
0: mm-hmm. who
1: are just, like, the the typical, like, the bunch of scrappy misfits that mm-hmm. you can relate to because they're, in a way, the parts of us that we feel don't fit in in society right Right. um and then you just like they have the little girl who you're like oh my gosh saving this child and you're like yeah love the family aspect at the end they all become a happy family Mm -hmm. and i just think it it was so well done for being First of all, I couldn't even believe the budget when I heard it.
0: That blew my mind. I had no idea.
1: Just because of how good it looks. And then I guess the only thing I am thinking is like, no, there aren't a lot of like big name actors in it that are like Hollywood A-list or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of big time movies, like obviously the Avengers is... $300 $300 million budget, but they have Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans and, you know. Right. All those big names. So... Crazy. So this didn't have any big names, but the acting was still obviously really good. The... Yeah, it was... It act- was... Mm-hmm. Par, dude. It worked. It was funny, too. It was just, like, exactly... <laughs> there yeah. are funny moments. There are moments where you're feeling really heartbroken it's definitely like um yeah it definitely is one of those just a story to take you on an adventure Uh uh-huh and to have a good entertaining time Mm -hmm. now if you're looking to like dissect a serious drama that's like a deep f- a epitome of film like yeah <laughs>
0: excellence or, or whatever you Right, know?
1: like you're gonna have a lot to critique about this film because some of the writing is cheesy some of the plot points are cheesy they're uh-huh. kind of like written in to really easily move the story along instead of actually thinking that that's would make sense. <laughs> right,
0: right. Um but even, you know, there are some films that that do that. That leave a hole that you're sitting there thinking like what? Yeah. How? And but this one, you know, you kind of write it off. Yeah. Because you're you're like, "Oh yeah, like okay, floating in space for 3 years like" <laughs> cuz there's cuz they really do take the attention away from it. Pretty well, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It was a it was a fleeting concept, and then they would yeah. move on to they're the like, rest of the story. We don't story. need to answer that, right? Right. <laughs> you don't need to know that. If there were <laughs>
1: any like questions about logic that came up, they're all we don't need to answer that. What we need to answer is how we're going to get to the end of this movie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, there's another thing about the the bad guy james uh sullivan's character where there's something going on with his like body he has something growing like on his neck throughout the movie and that honestly
0: never is explained it doesn't get explained and you they get numerous shots of it yeah like
1: getting bigger and bigger so you feel like this is leading up to something
0: yeah you'd be wrong
1: wrong (laughs) <laughs> I feel like that's maybe just one of those fun things that they threw in. Um he is 152 years old, so maybe I'm judging. true.
0: <laughs> Who knows? The mind is, you know, it's left to wander. <laughs>
1: um so the the point that I really want to uh bring up before we wrap it, before we wrap it up with this movie. Mhm. I'm going to give it, um, no, I'm not going to click it yet. I'm not going to flick it yet. I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say this last point. Him deciding to sacrifice his daughter to save all of, like, Earth. The three billion lives on Earth. And his team and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. I definitely, as I was watching it, was like, how do I feel about this? Yeah. Like, that's so sad and so hard. But then I had flashbacks to our conversations of The Last of Us and how Joel did not sacrifice his daughter and actually cost humanity everything. Exactly. To save one life. And I'm thinking, like, wow, that I really thought was selfish. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The only difference is that in The Last of Us, she knew the cost and was willing to give up her life to save humanity. Correct. And he still lied to her. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And he still intervened. And in this movie... This little girl has just been floating Helpless. in space for three she... years, just waiting for her dad for three years. And at the last minute, <laughs> oh, he's like, wait, I can't save her. I have to save the planet. Oh, my God. And that's I know. so hard. It is so to hard. Choose. Be- but I'm like, wow, I have to, I guess, kind of respect him for yeah. saving everyone's family. Yeah. Um, Everyone he loves about, everyone he loves about, everyone
0: he cares about and
1: loves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. As space sweepers, all his closest friends, all of their families live on Earth. Like,
0: yeah, it's a decision that, like, the weight of it doesn't hit you until he says his last goodbye, but also there was that scene where, um, she's trying to, um talk to him at the bar where he's like completely enamored by what's going on last time he talked to her was him telling
1: her like go away go outside yeah
0: Uh, and it so it yeah that whole decision i knew
1: i knew when when nim's father died that i knew that his daughter was gonna die really i yeah i kind of I kind of knew that because I was like, okay, so they're going to be each other's, like, yeah. replacements, basically. Yeah. Because um, yeah. there's no way that those two girls are going to be, like, sisters. You know what I mean? Like, right. That would cause... Right. I'm like, they would definitely have to, like, write in way more in order for these two characters to, like, then meet,
0: right? That's That why makes... It, that my that makes a lot it. of sense. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> for sure.
1: I don't know... I feel like, okay, so listening back to past episodes, I've given really low scores to these movies. Even the ones I really loved, I gave, like, six flicks to. (laughs) Okay. I really like this, this, though. I think I'm going to give it an eight flicks for a sci-fi. Because I really really thought that... (gasps) I really thought that it was just a good movie for like I definitely thought it was better than any of the other movies we've seen so far.
0: Uh uh-huh. um
1: for its genre like yes. at, like for a sci-fi movie, it's like hitting all the marks that I need a sci-fi movie to hit. It's just my opinion.
0: I I get that. I I think if I'm okay to rate now I'm not going to be as generous, and the only reason, the only reason is, is just because, one, it's, it's really, it's not my favorite genre of movie, mm-hmm. um, but I will give it five flicks. I was, okay, hear me out, I was going to give it three, Ooh, but I wow. couldn't justify it, I couldn't justify it, you know, there's, That's there's no reason, yeah, that was really That's low, really but, low. I say five because it's watchable. Most anybody can watch it and at least Mm -hmm. gets, you know, some kind of, you know, pull from
1: it. And I think that I gave it such a high score because for me, what's really important is being able to be so entertained with something. You can watch it again and Mm -hmm. it still is fun and exciting. And Mm -hmm. I just think that this storyline is one that has enough, like, Uh, comic relief parts it has enough action it has enough like heart throbbing parts where you're just like kind of on this ride that's out of this world Mm -hmm. so I don't need to justify giving it a high score
0: (laughs) (laughs) no and and I again most most of my score is just out of preference would Mm -hmm. I watch it again probably not if if somebody were to say hey I want to watch space sweepers Okay, sure. Like, I'll I'll watch it with you um, because it gives me kind of like a newer outlook, Uh I guess, on it. Um, But just not
1: your genre.
0: Yeah, just not my genre. The the budget for what they made, absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. That is enough for me to say it's not a bad movie by any means. It's definitely one that I would recommend watching. At least just once, you know. Yeah, for sure. And and just purely out of respect. Honestly, for, if for you're the story not film.
1: if you're not into sci-fi, it's probably not a movie that you'd like. To be honest,
0: like and but the story the story alone is good. There's a lot of action in it, though. So if you're not into like sci-fi action, probably not. Mm-hmm. I think there's enough story behind it to give you. To give you enough of a break between the action scenes, right? I feel
1: like if but someone I get what you're saying. Who would rather watch something like the King's Speech than watch the King's Speech? <laughs> 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 because this is not that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely not. This is just fun. That's yeah, I'm, and that's what I. That's why I liked it.
0: I also <laughs> liked that there wasn't any necessarily love interest there was no for for the most part it was all it was camaraderie and it was um yeah would you call it paternal love like yeah for sure yeah paternal love and it's something that most everybody can relate to yeah you know but he never had like
1: a wife or a girlfriend none of them none of them no and i don't think that it even is like
0: doesn't even hint
1: like it's not like an issue for them because they're so like just day to day trying to survive.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's great in that aspect. Yeah. So it's it's a good movie. It should be watched yeah. and experienced for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. Is that it? Are That's, we done? We did it. Oh my gosh, oh we did so much gosh. better on
1: time this time. Yes. <laughs>
0: pat on the m- mother effing back
1: thank you guys for um, listening
0: yes thank if, you
1: if you're listening
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not long so it should be good right yeah <laughs> short sweet to the point but, um, uh
1: we will see you next time
0: next time
1: for clicking and flicking <laughs>
0: Clicking in flicks. let us know if you have any recommendations too. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and I guess we'll catch you guys later. Peace out. (gasps) Bye hey folks thanks for listening and sticking around if you enjoyed what you heard subscribe and follow for some more click and flick content if you'd like to hear us talk about your favorite movies and video games you can send us your suggestions to click podcast at gmail.com that's click A-N-D, flick podcast at gmail.com we can't wait to hear from you guys
1: have a great week and we'll see you next time